Welcome to Life Fit TV. I am your host, Belicia Pierce, your mentor connector. Everything that you've learned from your adolescence years, teenage years to now has equipped you to start living your best life. Whether you've been sitting on starting a business, going back to school, or whatever the case may be, you have what it takes to start the journey, even when it seems like the odds are stacked against you. Leverage your current knowledge and skills to control your life and dominate. Today, we are sitting with serial entrepreneur Christopher Senegal, who I'd like to say plays Monopoly in real life. Christopher went to college on a full scholarship, bought his first house at 22, which he had help paying for by the railroad, his first job outside of college. And in 2013, Christopher bought an entire block in the Fifth Ward area funding the project, banking on the fact that redevelopment will come to the area. Christopher's motto is, I am the master of my fate, which I couldn't agree more. Christopher, welcome, welcome, welcome to Life Fit TV. Thank you for joining me today. Um, you have no idea how glad I am to have you on here. You know, I'm not really uh, intrigued much, but <laughs> you, oh my goodness. Uh, you've accomplished so much in mm -hmm. such a... Um, I wouldn't say uh, a short amount of time. <laughs> it's been some years. But Seems like forever. Yeah, yeah, but you're still so young. You're mm -hmm. still so young, and you've been able to accomplish so much, yeah. so much. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Well, so I'm from Port Arthur, Texas. Okay. Uh, actually, nine years in Port Arthur, nine years in Lake Charles. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, you know, I spent most of my years... I, what I consider growing up in Port Arthur. Okay. Um, I was a teenage father, so I'm far from like the perfect kid, you know. <laughs> my, but luckily, my son did all right. He's a freshman in college right now. On full, a full scholarship full, as full, well. Full ac academic scholarship. His yeah. Footsteps. Yeah. And I went to school for engineering. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to go to school for, but there was a full scholarship at Southern University for engineering. Right. So I went. That's how I got connected with the railroad. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much how it started. Tell me, tell me, what was it like growing up in Port, Port Arthur, small town with big dreams? You know, and it, it's funny you ask that because Port Arthur is a small town, but there's a lot of people that have a lot of success to come out of there. Um, wow. Fun little fact, but Port Arthur, the school district, uh, was was just given an award at the last Super Bowl for having the most uh, NFL participation. Wow. That's crazy, right? Wow. So between the coaches and the athletes and the players, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But yeah, so Port Arthur was small. Um, uh, it's one of those towns where most people that, that do have ambition leave yeah, eventually. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but, you know, I don't really think it, it affected me in a negative way. Right. Um, Definitely because, not. Yeah, because the, the people that I hung around with, a lot of, a lot of my good friends are doing very well, very um, well. outside, you know. In, in, in the big world. Everybody does leave, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, everybody's either in Atlanta, right. Dallas, or Houston, you know, right. doing big things. So you've had much success uh, mm -hmm. in, in in real estate, mm -hmm. uh, in the uh, railroad industry. Yeah. So outside of uh, when you finished college, you went mm -hmm. into uh, the railroad industry. Tell right. me a little bit about that. Uh, you, was it on the engineering side, or, or what aspect yes. was that? So I, so I got a full engineering scholarship. Okay. Um, so I went to school for civil engineering. Okay. And um, every summer I interned with uh, with Canadian National Railroad. Okay. Um, they actually bought a railroad that runs all the way down to New Orleans along wow. the Mississippi River. So my territory was like Memphis to New Orleans um, as a college student. Wow. Uh, yeah. So um, every summer I worked full time, and then uh, during the school year I worked as a field engineer part time. Wow. So technically when I graduated I had uh, what the, equi the equivalent of two and a half years of work experience with the company. Um, yeah. So that's where I started. Wow. 
Okay, so give us a little background on how you got into the businesses you have now. Starting from your completion of college, you uh, got into the railroad, mm -hmm. and how long before you knew that the railroad and, and, and being in that industry wasn't for me, for you, and, and, and how did you make that switch into real estate, or was it simultaneously, or how did that work? So it was a, it was, it was kind of a culmination of things, like okay. within the first year of getting out uh, in the workforce, um, I just kind of felt like I was sold a dream, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, because everybody, everybody's told to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer. And I was like, well, the only one that takes four years is engineer, so <laughs> I'm going to go with that so one. So you go to college yeah. and, and, and you think this is what you want to do, this is where the money is, yeah. and you get into it and you're like, nah, this yeah. isn't for me. So, I mean, really think about it. So 22 years old, you know, starting salary $63,000, sounds like a lot. Right. They give me a down payment At on the house. 22, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess. So they give me a down payment on the house, so I buy a house in Memphis, um, and I'm the token of a hundred million dollar construction project. Wow. So I'm an assistant project manager. Wow. And as, as a matter of fact, the guy who used to be my boss when I was an intern thought he was going to get the job and he used to brag about it all the time and I ended up getting it. Wow. Um, but still, I got there and I was like these these long hours every week, yeah. 60, 70 hours a week. You're on call all the time too because on top of the construction project, we still had to manage the engineering side of the operation. So if there was a derailment or anything like that, oh. we had to be on call to, you know, to, to respond. So you wore many hats. Many hats, yeah. and and I looked at my boss, who she was another token um, uh, employee. She was thirty three, and she was over the hundred million dollar project. Wow! And she was miserable. Yeah. She didn't like it, and I, I was like, so I don't want. That's not what I want to aspire to. I don't want to be here ten years still looking like that, right. feeling like that. Right. You know, um, all over all the corporate brochures and yeah. being toted as the looking like a looking, success, yes, but not feeling like exactly. A success. And she, yeah. you know, so that for me immediately within the first year, I was like, I gotta, I gotta do something different. So yeah. what did you do? So I decided to just leave that railroad. Wow, okay. Um, I realized uh, another thing that I noticed in corporate America is like they kind of silo people a lot mm -hmm. and keep them in one specific business unit. Right. So my goal was I'm going to stay in a little bit longer, but I'm going to learn the other business units right. because as working as a project manager, I saw how much the consultants on the other side of the table were making because I was approving invoices. Yeah. They're paying guys three or $400 an hour like wow. for the project superintendents. Right. And it's like I'm here making if you divide my hours up, I'm making $25, $30 an hour with a degree. Right. So I could have just went to a trade school mm -hmm. and worked at in, in what's popular down here in the refinery, made more money, right. you know? And right. I could have started at 18 instead of waiting until I was 22. Right. So I was like, I gotta get out, I gotta do something different. Mm -hmm. So um, I, when I had the opportunity to switch railroads, I came to BNSF Railroad, which okay. is a, a Western railroad, um, everything west of the Mississippi. So I started off in operations. So I used to run, there's a freight terminal right by U of H. So I was there for about two years. Um, I was at the time 23, 24, managing union employees wow. that are twice my age. Yeah. 330 of them to be exact. How was that? How was that? How did they feel about that? Uh, did, was the respect level there? Um, I think leadership is definitely a people game. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a personality game. So right. um, if you try to go in and act like you know everything with right. guys that have been there th four times as long as you, it's never going to work. Right. So I always uh, made my position as a manager uh, seemed like I was more concerned with their safety and their input, mm -hmm. and I never had issues. Um, right. I, I probably had one of the most efficient shifts when I was ever at work. Um, I didn't have any of the issues that a lot of guys, other managers have because they, they try to come in and rule with the iron fist, and you can't do that. Yeah, that's yeah. what leadership is about, knowing yeah. that you are part of a team and right. not just the boss giving, direct, giving orders. Yeah, so precisely. I'm, precisely. I'm sure. Um, tell me something. Did you have a mentor guiding you through these stages of your life? 
what would you say to those that are alone with no guidance and feel that they don't know where to start? I didn't have a mentor um, in the in the railroad industry. Um, I had a boss that kind of, I guess you, he was almost like a sponsor. Okay. Um, so the difference between that is, uh, you know, a mentor kind of, you go to a mentor and ask for advice. Right. And then a sponsor is kind of like somebody that supports you behind the scenes and speaks up for you and gets you promotions and all that kind of stuff. So, so pretty much your experience mm -hmm. from you entering into the railroad industry mm -hmm. until, uh, you know, the leadership position that mm -hmm. you were in, you pretty much just learned on your own and, and, and yeah. felt your way through. <clears throat> yeah, I think I was always pretty good at, at, at reading people. And, um, you know, one of, the, one of my favorite books, I actually had already read the book at the time, was uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Wow. And that book talked a lot about, you know, learning personality types, reading people. Right. Some people want to be given guidance on where to go. Some people want to be, some people want to be given options, and then they want to uh, feel like they made the decision, you know. And some people just want to feel like they are a team player. Right. So right. reading people and learning how to manage each different type yeah. uh, really helped. Um, but when it comes to my escape route, yeah, yeah, which right, is, okay, which, which was real estate. Um, right. uh, oh, let me tie that story back in. So when I left Memphis, mm -hmm. I couldn't sell my house because this was 2007. It right at you know the, the culmination of mm -hmm. the mortgage crisis and everything, so right. I couldn't sell the house, so I had to keep it, and I ended up having to hire a property manager to manage it for me. Right. And so the property manager rented the property out. My mortgage is like eleven hundred. Uh, the rent was. This is the transition of you moving. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in, I'm, I'm in Houston now at right. this point, and I'm still but paying still the mortgage. Have your house. Yeah, I still have the mortgage back there. So I hire a property manager. They rent it out for me for fifteen hundred bucks a month. And my mortgage is eleven hundred. Okay. So I'm making three hundred and something dollars a month after their their uh, management fees. Right. And I'm not doing anything. Right. And so I'm sitting here figuring out how I'm going to get out this corporate job, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm making three hundred bucks a month for not doing anything. Right. This is the meal ticket. So th that's when the light bulb goes off. It's like <laughs> real estate. It's like real estate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's how I got into real estate. Okay. And um, it just so happened that one of my fraternity brothers worked for uh, a big. Uh, investment company called Homevestors okay. that we buy ugly houses people yeah. see everywhere <laughs> yeah and so he he introduced me to some of the contractors that the guys he worked for used and uh, a guy named Edgar became my mentor wow yeah so he would help me pick houses and um, you know he'd do the rehab on them for me and then I, I was building a rental portfolio at that time right yeah so to this day how many houses have you bought and flipped Oh man, probably 30, 30 to forty. Thirty to forty. Yeah, thirty wow. to forty. Wow, and that's uh, which. What year did you start that? Two thousand nine. Wow. So yeah. in ten years, you've already. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and it, it's it's been good and some bad. Sometimes I was doing more than one at a time, and sometimes I would just get burned out on the process of managing the rehabs, and I would just stop for a while. So. Yeah. Okay, so you you spoke you you speak a lot on using the revenue from your current job to support your vi business ventures. Mm -hmm. Let's talk more about that. How did you uh, was the the railroad help? Did the railroad help you transition uh, into oh, going definitely. into real estate? Definitely. So I took my salary that I had at the railroad, and I live very minimally. Right. And um, I took a lot of that money and reinvested it into the the down payments that I needed for the different properties. Um, uh, or you know different repairs and all kind of stuff like that right. for the properties, and also saved money because I knew eventually when I wanted to leave, I needed to have a nest egg there sitting on the side. Right. So, yeah. So the job, I say, I tell everybody that um, has aspirations to do something greater to not be discouraged with having a job. Right. Just make sure your job is your platform and not your plateau. Right. You know, right. so because you can do so much more from that from that from that point if you have the stability of you know not having to be so worried about where the next dollars going to come from to cover your living expenses. Right. Yeah. So with with talking to you, I've learned that the 
boss that you had before you left the railroad company mm -hmm. uh, now employs your uh, he's actually a customer now he's actually yeah. a client of yours yeah. in your in your new business venture right. yeah. tell me a little bit about that okay. going from you know working for someone having a boss to uh, leveraging that knowledge and starting your uh, a separate consulting business yeah. and and going back and getting those the clients that you once worked for yeah so uh, a big thing that I always teach people now is when they come to me asking for a mentorship or like they're like I want to start a business I always ask first what do you have experience in what is your job mm. because if an employer pays you a certain amount of money whatever that is that means you have a value to them that's greater than what they're paying you so if you can figure out a way to correlate that into something you can do on your own as a consultant right. then you can make a lot of money so my last role in the railroad was in sales right, and business okay. de business development so i helped the, say like the chevrons the exxons if they once they produce a product they have to move it and they move in bulk they don't move by truck they move by rail wow. um so i figured all this knowledge i have i shouldn't let it go to waste right um but uh, in the process of leaving, when I had built up enough um, income from the real estate investments, um, I made it a point not to burn any bridges. So I was able to go to my boss when they were getting ready to give me a raise and basically tell them, um, you know, I've, I've replaced my income. I'm ready to move on. I feel like it would be selfish of me to sit here and hold this position when there's other people that really do want to move up through the company. Right. And he really respected that. Right, right. So I since I wasn't going to another job, I had all the time in the world, so I stayed, I trained the person that was gonna replace me. And at the end of the day, he was like, I learned a lot from you in this process. He actually threw me a going away party yeah. at his house, which is, which is pretty cool. And he told me if I ever wanted to come back, you know, he'd be my biggest advocate. So That's amazing. Yeah, so once I got out, I, um, I decided to go ahead and continue to use that knowledge, so I started the right. consulting firm. Right. So there's a lot of smaller companies that wanna get business with Chevron, Exxon, you know, and so I was able to walk them in the door and get them contracts. Right. Um, in the process of doing that, I actually met an owner operator that builds rail terminals. So they do rail car storage. Right. So it's the equivalent of having a PO box for rail cars. Right. So the, you can say the railroad is the equivalent of FedEx or UPS, and they make their money by bringing something from point A to point B. But then where does the package go when it's shipping, or when, after it's been shipped and it's waiting to be picked up? Right. It goes to a storage yard. And so what happened was my old employer doesn't have enough storage space for their customers or their, some of their own product. So the same guy who was my boss at that point in time is now AVP and he's actually the one that signs contracts. Right. And uh, we opened a rail terminal in Lake Charles, Lake Charles, Louisiana. And it just so happens that they needed spots. So he's the same person that just signed a, a two year lease agreement to lease spots from us for our project something that your uh, consulting has allowed them to do and 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 in this with with this platform and with this job you don't have to spend much you don't have to give much of your time right correct so yeah. that allows you to still uh, rake up the, the revenue from from that mm -hmm. and still put uh, time and, and effort majority of your time and effort into real estate yes yes so right. and that's the beauty of consulting because consulting is just you lending your knowledge to mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. while um, whoever you're helping is the one that's actually going to be having the burden of operations the right. the, the, the brick and mortar um, the investment in whatever uh, endeavor they're going into you're just guiding them along the way and getting basically a, a split of a piece of the profits for helping them through the process wow yeah so that money i mean it's the equivalent of <coughs> you know if, if you're making say say you're making a hundred thousand a year hundred thousand a year as a consultant well the average business only has about a 20 percent profit margin right so that business has to make five hundred thousand dollars to make that same hundred thousand right. dollars 
And so as a consultant, you know, everything you get is mostly profit. It's not a lot of overhead tied to it. That's why I like that industry. Right. Yeah, and then you're right. I, so I can take the commissions from that and still keep my cost of living pretty low and then reinvest in other things to make that money start working for me. So that's that's how I funded the development project. Like this block you just bought. Yes, <laughs> exactly, precisely, <laughs> talk precisely. About, talk about uh, playing Monopoly. I, 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 I've seen, you know, the construction right now. And, and, yeah. and when, I, when I say that, uh, I, I call you playing, saying, uh, living the Monopoly board yeah. in real life. It yeah. looks like Park Place and, uh, yeah. and Boardwalk, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the two that you yeah. have currently up. Let's yeah. take a look at those. The, just the construction process of it all, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break and pay appreciation to some of our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to learn more about the fifth ward block that Christopher just bought. Oh, no, you purchased in 2013. 13, correct. Uh, yeah. And is now redeveloping. Mm -hmm. um, we'll be right back. It's time to take back your health. There's no better time to start than now. Place your order online in the morning and come home after a great day at work and the gym to your B-Fit Foods at your doorstep. As easy as one, two, three. B-Fit Foods is your lifeline to a healthy and fit lifestyle. Welcome back to Life Fit TV. Joining me today is Christopher Senegal, serial entrepreneur and real life Monopoly board player. <laughs> Living the Monopoly life. Today, uh, uh, Christopher is now telling us about the Fifth Ward uh, development project that he cr is currently having. Uh, Christopher, you, I thought, bought a section of a block. You mm -hmm. bought the entire block. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't the easiest process. This right. has been ongoing since 2013. Tell right. us a little bit more about that. So, you know, in the real estate game, everything is all about timing. Yes. Timing and location. Um, and you have to have vision if you want to get in on big opportunities because mm -hmm. uh, you have to get in when no one else is looking, especially in a market like Houston because it's one of the most saturated markets for mm -hmm. real estate investing in the United States. Um, so back in 2013, I was brought the opportunity to actually purchase an entire block, owner finance from a gentleman that actually in inherited the block from his dad. His dad wow. owned 26 blocks over there. And this guy was in his late 60s, um, and he was kind of bad off. He was on drugs mm -hmm. and all kind of stuff, okay. just mismanaging everything. Um, and so the story goes is uh, someone reached out to my same line brother that, that helped me get my first mentor in real estate because mm. he was a property manager. Mm -hmm. And so th the tenant was basically saying, I want to move somewhere else. This guy is like not taking care of the property anymore. Um, it's a lot of bad traffic over here, you yeah. know. Um, and so uh, when he heard that, he said, Chris, I think we might have an opportunity here to go here and talk to this guy and see if we can, you know, get him to sell the property. So sure enough, um, we were able to get the property without any bank financing. Wow. Because he, he owned it free and clear. Yeah. So we did owner financing. Okay. So I gave him a, a down payment, like $50,000, mm -hmm. and I was able to, to take control of the entire block. Wow. The block had a grocery store on it. It had five houses. And it actually had a two four-bedroom apartments above the grocery store where the owner used to live. And so something that at the time didn't seem like the best area, you tell me about your vision that you have for, I mean, just take a look at what Chris plans to build and, and what he's currently building with this. Yeah. Uh, we could put it on a screen, but I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's amazing to what the transition you're making into this community. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had a couple guys along my route to this project tell me, 
always pay attention to the city's plans and see what they're mm -hmm. doing and where they're going. And so I knew that back in 2013 when I bought the property, there was already plans to do a lot in the Fifth, in the fifth Ward area. And how can, how can we find out information about that for those who are looking into real estate and wanting to know what the city's plans are? How, yeah, how I mean, it's as simple as Google, you Google the city and type in pl planning and development department, and it'll mm -hmm. pull it up on, their, on the city's website. Wow, okay. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's clear as day right there. You can go to city council meetings because they're always voting on right. the next measure on, on right. what they want to do in certain areas. Um, yeah, and so and that's what I did. And so I yeah. knew that, uh, especially in Houston, because all the redevelopment was going counterclockwise around mm -hmm. downtown. Mm -hmm. So Fifth Ward is kind of like that last quadrant. Yeah. So I knew eventually it was going to come. Yeah. And since, like I said, it already had existing structures on it, I could make it cash flow off of what was already there. Mm -hmm. So it basically could carry itself until it was time for redevelopment to spark. Right. Yeah. And so that was in 2013 when you uh, bought the location. Mm -hmm. Uh, when, how long before you actually started to uh, break ground? Um, so I didn't start the the new construction process until after I did demolition at the end of two, at the end of 2017. Okay. So what I did in the meantime, instead of putting a lot of money into a market like trying to fix the houses up and make them really nice, mm -hmm. I fixed them up to make them livable. Right. And then I did a, a, pro a program called SRO, single room occupancy. Okay. And I t I targeted. Um, people that couldn't get opportunities elsewhere, basically felons. So right, if you were a okay. felon, you were in prison for longer than 10 years, but you had nonviolent offenses, you were like somebody that we, we would allow to come stay there right. because it's really hard for felons to get housing anywhere. Right. And so what that did for me is that allowed me to uh, keep my overhead low mm -hmm. because most of those guys that come out of prison, they have trades. So right. I had carpenters, I had electricians, oh, I had oh plumbers. Oh yeah, my gosh. I had everybody. It's so a, This is a master plan, a master is. plan community. It is, yeah, it is. Yeah. So, and they, they rented a single room and they had to keep a job. They had to stay out of trouble. They had to keep a place to stay. So I didn't have any issues out of them. Wow. Yeah. Wow, okay, so, and okay, now fast forward, we're mm -hmm. uh, now breaking ground. Mm -hmm. uh, you were able to begin the rec reconstruction project and provide jobs to other mi minority business owners in the process. Mm -hmm. How important is it to you to leverage your network and continue to build with those that look like you mm -hmm. and who have made and who who you have made meaningful connection connections with? Yeah, that's powerful. So, um, yeah. So, what I noticed that there was some activity that started in the area that I was in. Mm. There's actually a gentleman's actually an architecture professor at, at uh, Prairie View. Okay. But he's he's also uh, heavy in real estate, and he had bought like 75 lots in the area. Wow. And in 2016, he started construction on uh, these townhouses and he was selling them for like $250,000 a piece wow. and he was not even listing them on MLS. And this is the same area? Same neighborhood. Wow. Same neighborhood. So I'm like, okay, well, if he's able to do this and he's, his projects are deep in the neighborhood. I'm right on the feeder road close to downtown, literally uh, four minutes to downtown, yeah. less than a mile drive. Um, I was like, well, now it's time to do something here. Yeah. But I, I had always envisioned um, doing something that represented uh, the community and, right. and having participation from the community because most of the time the narrative is that other people from outside the community come in mm -hmm. and they decide what's being built and by the time you know you hear about it or you know what's going on it's too late and they've priced things where we can't afford them and they've brought their own teams in to work on the projects yeah. so my goal was since I'm starting early enough I can build a team of people that look like the community looks right and that way everybody on board is community focused right and oh, so that's good yeah that's good yeah and so that was my mission um so and then there's there's already a lot of emphasis on the low income side of things yeah. especially in those communities mm -hmm. which is very important uh, uh, that that's definitely needed but we cannot neglect the fact that we need to get the people that 
are from those neighborhoods yeah. that are successful now, right. we need to give them an opportunity to come back. And if right. there are no options for them there, then they're going to stay in the suburbs where they are. Yeah. Um, and so that was my goal. So my goal was not only to have a team that looked like the community, yeah. but to have buyers that look like the community and also. And bring them back. And bring them back, right. And, yeah. and and, and make the area a lot better and, and, right. and, and improve the area. Right. See, and one of the big things that we always um, hear about are, are like the lack of uh, uh, retail services like grocery mm -hmm. stores in those neighborhoods, mm -hmm. but you also have the knowledge that that's not a government-controlled uh, entity. That is a business, and they have, right. they have to have profitability. And so when they're trying to decide where they're going to go, they look at the incomes of the neighborhood, yeah. and they're not going to spend millions of dollars to set up shop and not know if they're going to make a make a break-even point. Right. So we need the people with the higher incomes to come back to the neighborhoods. Right. It's so up to us to continue to build exactly. the, build the, the neighborhoods up and, exactly. and, and make them better, yeah. uh, not the government. I, I totally right. agree with that. Yeah. Um, what are some... What advice would you give those who are looking into real estate? Do you think real estate is for anybody? Uh, or uh, what would you say to those who are looking to want to start uh, investing in, into real estate? Mm -hmm. There are so many ways to make money in real estate mm -hmm. um, that I, pretty much everybody can find an opportunity to, uh, to find a way to make their money start working for them. Yeah. But it's really all about your risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I would say the lowest risk is probably getting into rental property mm. where you, you, you're just a landlord where you're buying something that you know has equity in the area where yeah, yeah and you know that it's going to make a, a decent cash flow. Mm -hmm. Now that process is not foolproof mm -hmm. because you have repairs that are going to be needed. Um, you're going to have times where you're going to be in between tenants and you're going to have to cover the cost of the mortgage. Right. Right. Um, and you know certain things may happen, you know, um, catastrophic things, floods, fires. Mm -hmm. And you know that can disrupt not only your cash flow but can it disrupt your tenant's life. So, right. yeah. Um, but then there's other things. Um, there's there's like the opportunity to get in what, what's called wholesaling. Okay. And wholesaling is the process of basically uh, identifying distressed sellers mm -hmm. um, who have to get out from under a property quickly. So they're either facing a foreclosure, a tax sale, they're going through a divorce, right. um, they're in, they've inherited a property, or maybe it may be just even be a tired landlord. And most yeah. those people have a, a, uh, a purpose to get rid of a property less than market value. Mm -hmm. And then what a wholesaler does is they get the property under contract and they may not have the money or even if they do have the money, they may not have the capacity or the time and they just want to get off the property quickly. Right. So they basically take that contract and they sell that contract to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And um, you can mark that contract as much as another investor is willing to pay in total for the property. Right. So if you can get something under contract for say 45000 mm -hmm. and you know an investor is willing to pay you 50000 right. for that contract, you th make that yeah, profit. You, you make that $5,000 profit. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So that, that um, it's, uh, it's more of a time intensive yeah. business uh, because it's, it's basically a marketing business right it's a marketing and right. negotiating business right. um, so there's not a lot of overhead um, tied to that um, except for your cost of your yeah so marketing. you don't have the responsibilities of tending right. to the house or exactly or any, any of that, of that. you, you never have to touch it just you never the have to selling process yeah. of it yeah and so um, you know that's a big sacrifice of time though. right yeah right. Um, and then flipping, of course, has its own inherent risk. It's not like they tell you on HGTV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's yeah HGTV uh, makes me want yeah. to flip houses, so it's not yeah. a, it's not as fun and yeah. easy as it looks, huh? Yeah, I think I, I consider HGTV for real estate like Disney is for relationships. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fairy tale. It's all a fairy, it a fairy tale. tale. It's a fairy tale. Yeah. Oh my 
god. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not reality. So at all. you have your hands into flipping as well. Yes, so I started flipping back in 2009. Wow. So a lot of my rental properties were properties I purchased and flipped. And flipped. Yeah. Okay, so do you find any enjoyment and fun in in, to, in the flipping processes? Oh of, yeah, of reconstructing these houses. I do, and, I do. And I'm a, the I'm change a, that yes. it show, that it has. Yes, I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm very artistic in nature. Oh, okay. So I love the process of yeah. taking something ugly and making it Make beautiful. It. Oh, I love yeah, it. I love yeah. it. Okay, so Christopher, you're into consulting, mm -hmm. uh, flipping multiple uh, revenues with um, uh, real estate. Mm -hmm. How do you stay focused? How do you stay focused? That's a good question. I, I don't know that I, I do stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good for, for those to hear. A lot of yeah. times we think that we're all over the place. Mm -hmm. And as an entrepreneur, we are all over the place. Yeah. Um, but we, somehow it, it, it comes together beautiful mm -hmm. and we just make it happen. Yeah. Um, what do you like to do in your downtime? Do you take downtime? Uh, do you take some me time to... Uh, refocus and get things back in order? You know, um, I enjoy what I do so much that I don't really feel like I need downtime. Yeah. I probably should vacation more. Yeah. I think I've taken one vacation in the last 10 years. Oh my God. Two. But I really enjoy what I do. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, um, it, 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 it's a labor of love because my goal is to have everything on autopilot in the next yeah. five or six years. So that, right, you know, right. Um, you know, the, my, one of my mantras is work like no one else is willing to work now. Yeah. So that you can live like no one else can live, live later. Later, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so now, and and I, I really believe that it's your passion and it's your purpose mm -hmm. because uh, not only are you doing this and 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 seeing much success for yourself, mm -hmm. but now you're teaching. Uh, yes. I, I had the privilege of being on uh, Christopher's panel for yes. uh, from resume to revenue, mm -hmm. and it was a amazing turnout. People came from all over the U.S. just wanting to know that you know I have the passion and I have the drive to start my own business or to, to live on my own terms, yeah. but I need some direction and, mm -hmm. and, and that's what you, uh, what your platform has allowed mm -hmm. uh, to give that knowledge and, and just give people uh, the help and the hope to mm -hmm. start their own business where yeah. they may be stuck. And right. so where did that come about? Why did you want to give back and, and, yeah. and just show that, hey, you know, this isn't rocket science, you mm -hmm. know, you can do it too. Yeah, anybody can do it, yeah. I think that that came from uh, just the personal struggle that I had when I was mm -hmm. trying to get out of the corporate mm -hmm. job is trying to find those mentors, trying to find those people mm -hmm. that are actually doing it. It's hard. It's tough. It is, yeah. And so, um, I, and, and there's two industries that do a really good job of that. Yeah. One of them is real estate. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, conferences and events you can go to on how to become a flipper and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, and the other one is an industry that I feel like is, it misguides people. It's uh, network marketing. Oh. They're very good at having these conventions and yeah. getting everybody energized, mm -hmm. but it's like you're putting that energy into the wrong vehicle. Right. And so I said, if I could identify the, the su successful entrepreneurs that are out there mm -hmm. that are actually living what these other people are aspiring to do, mm -hmm. and I can get them to sacrifice their time to come and speak to the crowd, mm -hmm. then I, I, then my purpose will be fulfilled. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very appreciative for people like you yeah. to, to, to come out and participate in that. And, and what I love about the platform that you provided is we're not just there encouraging people. Right. We're not just trying to uh, yeah. pipe you up to yeah. go out there and, and be yeah. excited and yeah. then not know where to go. We're telling you the processes that we went through, yeah. the failures that were exactly. made. Uh, so you don't have to make those same mistakes. And that's what Life Fit TV is about. We want to bring to the community uh, awareness mm -hmm. uh, and the knowledge that that you know where you are we've been there right and so you don't have to go 
through that mm -hmm. process alone mm -hmm. uh, if, if I've already experienced yeah. it. Yeah. Let me share this with you, yeah. even though it's still, I can give you all the knowledge and, mm -hmm. and, and, and the resources in the world, mm -hmm. it's still gonna take all the hard work that you have, oh, yeah. it's gonna take everything that you have, but at least I can give you the knowledge mm -hmm. uh, to share that with you so yeah. it's not as tough as it was for us. Yeah, and I think sometimes like there's this nostalgia about somebody that's a successful entrepreneur, mm -hmm. almost no, no different than a celebrity. And right. then when you meet them in person, it humanizes yeah. them and you're, you feel like, oh, I can do this. Exactly. I can do this. Exactly. And I think the beautiful thing about the event is not only do the people in the audience, some of them may already st have started businesses, yeah. not only can they relate to the people on the panel mm -hmm. and identify with the struggles, but the other panelists can identify with each other. Right, and the right, panelists yeah. were learning from each other. Yeah, we were taking notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, what was that? Yeah, exactly, exactly, because no one yeah. knows it all. Yeah, no one knows yeah, it all. Yeah. No and one knows as, it all. As long as you're open uh, to be receptive you know, to new information, um, the learning process will never stop and you'll continue to perfect and sharpen sharpen the iron that you know and you can sharpen somebody else indeed yeah indeed so. that's what it's all about yeah. um so uh let's finish talking about the fifth ward project how okay. much longer do we have with that before it's finalized so right now i'm building the first three units it's okay. going to be a total of 14. okay um but i'm wow. lit i'm literally creating a new market there mm -hmm. so um, if if I build too much at once, it becomes very speculative. Mm -hmm. So what in the typical uh, real estate uh, model, you need to have three good comparable sales to understand mm -hmm. what a market really is going to dictate as far as price. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm doing. I'm building three units right now. Okay. And um, I, I'm in negotiations, thankfully, with for purchase contracts for all three of them. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, how does that make you feel? How does that? How do you feel being uh, having accomplished so much? Uh, and now, you know, a project that you've been working on for yeah. six years is finally coming to fruition. Yeah. Uh, how does that make you feel? It's it's a, it's exhilarating. Yeah. And but you know, it, by by no means could I take full credit for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a great team around me. Right. I was just the person that bumped my head against the wall long enough to put the team together. Right, you right. know. So I think it's kind of. And a this point. isn't your first team. No, Correct. it's not. No, you're right. So you, you're right. You went through. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I went through a whole, a whole uh, nine, ten months of working with a group that made promises that they could, that they couldn't deliver on. Yeah. I spent money that I couldn't recoup. Right. Because in development, there's a lot of things you have to pay for before you can start construction, mm -hmm. and there's mm -hmm. no, there's no way to recoup that cost. Right. So right. Uh, engineering, design work, all that kind of stuff, yeah. um, uh, site prep, all, all those things that you pay for, and you expect to get it back um, as soon as you finish the project. Right. If the team doesn't work, if that plan doesn't work, then all that money is lost and you have to start over. Right. So I had to do that. But, but you did, I and did. now we're here. I did, and, and I call that I call that real world tuition. Ah, right? say yeah. that again. It's, say real, that it's, again. it's real world tuition. Yeah, you you yeah. can't go to a school to learn so, it. You can't get a degree yeah. in it. You got to learn it from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And especially as a business owner, that's yeah. just how it is. Yeah. Real, real wor world tuition. Yeah. Uh, that that's actually the best education. Yeah, that right. You can yeah, get. yeah. Something that uh, school definitely can't teach you. Right. Um, Christopher, what are some words of advice that you can leave with us that will help us continue to live our best lives? Um, I would say, uh, you know, set a plan. Yeah. Um, be steadfast in your goal, but flexible in your approach. Ah. That's the most important mm -hmm. part. Because no matter how well you plan something out, mm -hmm. it's, it's never going to go that. as you plan it. <laughs> Not and, exactly. And, and, and as long as you don't give up, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Yeah. You, um, don't give up. Yeah. You don't fail until you quit. Mm. Everything else that happens in the meantime is a speed bump, um, lesson learned. A lesson learned. Mm. It, it's feedback on what not to do again, yeah. and you can figure the process out. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. I would also say make sure 
you surround yourself with people that are more successful than you and get mentors that have actually done what you are trying to do. It's great to have a general mentor that that is successful in their own right, but you need to get the advice of someone that's actually done what, what 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 you are trying to do right. and bump their head because that that advice is priceless yeah. you know because otherwise even your great mentor in another field is learning alongside of you right. giving you the the advice that they think is best right. but they don't actually have the experience right. so I feel like th- those those nuggets will help you um, accelerate you getting to whatever goal you have right thank you so much so now you have so after uh, so many have asked if they could chat with you mm-hmm. and so many requests to for consulting. Mm-hmm. You've now opened uh, chat with Chris uh, mm-hmm. consulting. Yeah. So now let, let us know how uh, uh, the others can reach out to you if they have um, questions mm-hmm. on real estate, questions on uh, just, you know, getting out there mm-hmm. and, and, and starting their own businesses, the ideas that they have and, and just to uh, bring that to bring that to you for for the advice that they may need. Yeah, thank you for asking for that asking me that. Um so my website, um it's just my name, ChrisSenegal.com wow. or ChristopherSenegal.com. Yeah. Uh, you go there and then I have links for everything for one on one consulting, uh, mentorship uh, applications, I have all that there. Wow. Um it also has links to my social media. Um my, my Instagram is probably my my most active platform yeah. that I'm on. Uh, you've, you've gone viral a couple of times. <laughs> I, yeah, I have. I have. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I use that platform, you know, get the message out to the masses about, yeah. you know, I mean, if, if you want to know how Chris Senegal thinks and how he makes decisions, everything's on my social media platform. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it. Well, Christopher, thank you so much for mm-hmm. joining me today. I, I there was such a wealth of knowledge that you shared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much more that well, I'll definitely have to have you on again <laughs> after that completion of that fifth ward area. Yeah. I'm so excited about that for you. Um, it's it's such a, a major accomplishment. Yeah, thank you. So thank you for coming to share the jewels that you have yeah. and successes that you've had yeah. from an early age, <laughs> even though you're still young. So yeah, it doesn't so feel like more. it. You know, feels like it's been blood, you, sweat, you and tears. You work too much. Yeah, I know, so I know, much. I know. Hey, but it's paying off. Yeah. So thank you for joining mm-hmm. us um, uh, today. So I just want to leave with put all your effort uh, into whatever it is that you believe in. Leverage the knowledge and skills that you've learned uh, until up until this point of your life. What everything that you've learned up until this point can allow you and help you to start the journey that you have uh, set for yourself. Many jewels dropped today. I'm I'm so appreciative of, of Chris joining us, coming on and sharing his knowledge and his background, uh, so that we can go out and, and take some of those lessons and and put them into our own lives. Make sure that, as Chris said, that you're surrounding yourselves with the right people, those who are uh, educated and can help you to grow uh, as well as you're on the journey, they're on a a journey upward as well. Uh, Make sure that the platform that you have, even when you hit a plateau, that you're continuing to put your best foot forward and, and strive to be your best self. Again, thank you for joining us on Life Fit TV. I'm your host, Belicia Pierce, and we'll see you next Wednesday.